0: Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now
1: he is Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. A dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody! Look at us! Today, on a Thursday, little Friday, we are under the tutelage of our general manager. I was almost going to go something negative. I won't go something negative. I'll go something positive. Um, why wouldn't we? This new uh, hero of the United States, who just, like, moments ago... Won the Women's All-Around Gymnastics Competition. Simone Biles, the greatest gymnast in the world who quit because she was uh, overwhelmed by social media. Sorry, Suni Lee? Is that her name? Suni Lee. No, 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 that's wrong. Yeah, Sunissa Lee. Sunissa Lee. Okay, that's her whole name. Sunissa Lee. Um... So we have won five straight gold medals in the all-around women's gymnastics. Simone Biles being a couple of those, but Sunissa Lee, uh, who um, you know gets her chance to shine, and maybe she'll be the star now and and get endorsements and all that sort of stuff. I wouldn't know her if she walked in here and uh, jumped up on top of my head and did backflips, but uh, you know I never heard of her. But um, good for her. That's pretty cool. Um. And just to get one more hero on, we'll do that as it is time to kick off the show on this Thursday, July 29th, the year 2021. The Armstrong and Getty Show officially begins at Mark. Dressel is losing some
0: ground. Here comes the Russian above him the late four. But Dressel is hanging tough as we expected. And Caleb Dressel from the United States is going to win gold up there in late five.
1: Yes, a tremendous comeback. The current medal count is we have the most medals, and that's very, very important. Because I think the rule should be if you win more medals than us, then we have to bomb you. That's just the way it works. To uh reestablish our supremacy. We did the men's basketball team did beat Iran yesterday by fifty four points. Take that small country that doesn't play the sport. Stick a suck of that. We beat Iran by fifty four points. There you go. That's the way it works. In uh, more important news that we're going to get into today on the program a little later this half hour, we're going to talk to Mike Slater, uh, who, if you're a, a San Diego radio fan of AM 760, um, uh, you hear him every day, noon to three, but he is an outspoken young man who actually was a competitive uh, division one uh, college swimmer himself, but we're not going to be talking about that. Uh, he's uh, He's got some things to say on the politics of the day. A couple of the stories that are bubbling up that I look forward to getting into it's back on the front burner for some reason, the idea of wiping clean student debt for a whole bunch of college kids across this country. And uh, Nancy Pelosi actually stood up yesterday and said, hey, the president can't do that. He doesn't have the power to do that. Despite what everybody was saying on the campaign trail and all these promises they made, the president of the United States can't actually wipe out college debt. And I think maybe she's seen some of the polling where uh, people have caught on to the fact that Wiping out college debt would be maybe the least progressive thing progressives have ever done. There are a whole lot of working class people that would be punished uh, for not going to college or paying for uh, the degrees of people that uh, that made some uh, perhaps unwise decisions and spending and degrees and all that sort of stuff. And it really is hard to justify. We'll get into some of the nuts and bolts on that. There's a new study out showing just how incredibly unfair that would be from an income standpoint, and it's hard to believe that liberals, progressive Democrats we un- would be on board with that. I think this is just one where the loud college crowd segment of the Democratic Party has been making a lot of noise and getting a lot of attention, and the Elizabeth Warrens and Bernie Sanders of the world were, you know, throwing them a bone at all the rallies. Yeah, we're going to wipe out your college debt, and they'd all cheer. That's ah, awesome. Ah. But the working class segment of the Democratic Party is saying, Send my kid to college, or I didn't go to college, so uh, why, why am I paying for that? So more on that coming up in a little bit. And uh, as always, we've got the damn COVID information. So you know, was, Joe and I have been talking lately about how we don't um, read the comment section on the Twitter anymore, and it, it does seem like a pretty good idea to just stay away from comments on Twitter. But I do, I, I dove into them a little bit yesterday, and uh, a lot of y'all. The only thing you had to say on my most recent tweet about masks or vaccines or kids going to school was can you just take a break from talking about covid. So I know a lot of people are worn out with the whole topic but you know whether you're worn out or not it's making a huge comeback. The the, the county I live in masks are mandatory indoors again. The uh the head of one of the biggest uh, teachers unions in America made a statement yesterday saying If we're going to get kids back in the classroom, blah, blah, blah. So it's gone from obviously kids will be going back to school this year to if X, Y, and Z happens, kids will be going back to school. So there's a chance. Depending on where you live, I realize depending on where you live, for a lot of you, your kids were in school all last year. But for a lot of you, your kids have not been in school for a year and a half and may not be able to go back into the classroom this year, which is just horrifying and uh and we 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 should get into some of those numbers we talked about late in the show yesterday on uh, speaking of a you know non-progressive move by progressives it's progressives that have been pushing these school closures and uh, minority kids are just getting punished for this so badly that's who's fallen so far behind and i've got the numbers on that we could get into in a little bit but it's just it's just horrifying for these poor little kids and um and a whole bunch of other fun people we're going uh, uh, to talk to and uh, topics we're going to cover. The bassist from ZZ Top died yesterday. He was an old man. He'd been the bassist for the band for 50 years. I assume most of you know who the band ZZ Top is. We're going to be playing ZZ Top music all morning long. They, um, they well, they're a fantastic band, and I like the music and everything like that. But they, one of the reasons I think they became so famous is right when MTV got big, and videos, music videos became big, and uh, and people could watch music videos in the house. You had this band come along with the beards and the cool clothes and the cool cars that was just made for videos, and when they put out a couple of their best albums right at the height of MTV, and I think that's one of the things that made ZZ Top so famous, but uh, you'll not be able to see the trio again because the bassist died yesterday. We'll play some music from them. Um, hey, uh, Hanson, executive producer, I need you to come down to the studio if you could, if you could run down here because it's very, very important. He'll be down here in just a second. Do you have the door open ready to go, Michael? Uh, as soon as he walks in the door, we will hear the door open. Door open. There you go. Executive producer Mike Hansen joins us. Um, I don't know how to turn the lights down. And it's too bright in here, and I just cannot handle it. Apology. There you go. I like it good and dark. Oh, there you go. Dark. Dark like my mood. Dark like my prospects. Dark. There you go. Thank All you right. very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. I don't know how to use a dimmer switch, apparently. This is a funny one from the Babylon Bee talking about the hope for giving student loan. Hardworking plumber looking forward to paying for his neighbor's gender studies degree. <laughs> Hilarious headline from the Babylon, uh, Babylon Bee. We'll get into that and other stuff on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Let's jump into the news of the day when we come back, but feel free to text 415-295-KFTC. One of the better ZZ Top tunes. The bass player from this cool band died yesterday. He's an old man. And, uh, you know, going to be a lot of cool musicians die over the next several years because a lot of them are in their 70s, as this guy was uh, Dusty Hill. The weird thing with ZZ Top being uh they're famous for their beards. The only guy that didn't wear a beard was the drummer, whose name is Frank Beard. I, I How do you make that up? How, how do you make that up? ZZ Top, first uh, album came out in 1969. That's a long time ago, but really had a heyday in the 80s also. And like I said, the MTV generation, they were huge because they're cool beards and they're cool cars and everything like that. And we'll be playing ZZ Top music all morning long. Uh, uh, Coming up in just a couple of minutes, uh, this segment, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, one of his uh, famous bits about the Olympics that we'll get to that's pretty funny. uh, With the Olympics going on, I, I thought of it. Wall Street Journal with this op-ed from the editorial board on the cost of school shutdowns. And the main reason I want to read this to you is you might hear some headlines about this McKinsey study that came out yesterday. And you could easily be misled by the mainstream media on this. I'll just read from the Wall Street Journal. Shutting down schools was among the most destructive policies of the pandemic. And a new report by McKinsey and Company quantifies the harm. The consulting firm examined spring 2021 test results for 1.6 million students in grades 1 through 6 across the United States, then compared their performance with that of similar students pre-pandemic. They discovered that the pandemic-era children were on average about four months behind in reading and five months behind in math. Now, that's way behind. It might not seem like much four months, but how are you going to catch that kid up? Because, obviously, the next school year, they've got all the new stuff that they need to read and learn and math and all that. So how do you get caught up, you know, when you're four or five months behind? But it is way worse than that. And that's why I want to get to this uh, behind the numbers numbers, because I'm afraid you'll hear that headline and think, okay, four and five months, that's not good. But maybe we can come back. However bleak, says the Wall Street Journal, these numbers likely represent a very optimistic scenario because, the uh, the results measure outcomes for students who took these assessments in the spring in a school building. In other words, kids that were in buildings were four and five months behind. They didn't measure, couldn't measure, students who remained remote throughout the entire school year and who clearly experienced the most disruption to their schooling. So that number, and, you know, if you watch CNN, MSNBC, read the Washington Post, you may have heard the results yesterday. That was measuring kids that were in the classroom at the time that they took the tests. The McKinsey study doesn't say it, says the Wall Street Journal, but teachers' unions were the main architects of this calamity by first refusing to return to the classroom, then insisting on watered-down schedules. Um... And they talk about uh, something that didn't get enough attention. You heard it on this show, but a lot of the school is now open. The kids are back in school was a lie. It was certainly spin. And I call it's enough spin to be called a lie to where they were only going a couple of days and very little actual in-person learning. So McKenzie found that children in majority black schools ended the school year a full six months behind in math and reading on average. Students in schools where the average household income was below $25,000 were seven months behind in math and six months in reading. So families where probably both parents are working, they can't afford to hire a tutor, those kids are seven months behind. Hey, progressives, hey, liberals that care about systemic racism and uh, taking care of uh, children of color. How do you feel about your teachers' unions dominated by the left keeping these kids out of school so that they fall farther and farther behind wealthier kids. And by wealthy, I mean middle class and above. Good God. McKinsey notes that students who move on to the next grade unprepared are missing key building blocks of knowledge that are necessary for success. And then students who repeat a year are much much less likely to complete high school. The numbers just show that. If you actually, you know, back when I was a kid, they called it flunking, but I guess they got rid of that term and uh, negative stereotypes around the term of flunking a year. Now they just call it held back or repeating a year. But if you repeat a year, your uh, chance of going ahead and finishing high school goes way down. The report predicts that the lost learning could slash lifetime earnings by forty nine thousand to sixty one thousand dollars on average. And, again, uh, the Wall Street Journal says this is way low because these uh, studies were about kids that were in the classroom. They weren't even measuring the kids that were out of the classroom. One more paragraph from this. Many affluent parents have paid for tutors. I have. Or private school. I have. But the most vulnerable children don't have that option. The school solution is more school choice nationwide, is how the uh, Wall Street Journal wraps it up. Just a crime against... um, low-income kids and kids who are already struggling. And the teachers unions, for no good reason, punishing those kids, holding up the government, states, government, and federal government for money. Just one of the worst things human beings have done politically in this country. Just, oh, so awful. I can't even think about it very long or it gets me upset. Um, we'll be hearing more about that when we get into the fall and teachers fully realize how far behind some of these kids are and how difficult it is going to be able to teach when you've got a kid over here whose parents hired a tutor, and they're they're right on track for being a fifth grader. You've got a kid over here who's a, you know, a year and a half behind, and how do you teach in that classroom? It's just going to be a mess. Uh, next segment, we're going to talk to Mike Slater. That might be one of the topics we uh, we talked with him. We had him on yesterday, and he was pretty outspoken about Simone Biles being a quitter, which got a lot of attention on the uh, the Twitter machine and the uh, text machine. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. With the Olympics going on, we wanted to revisit this classic Jerry Seinfeld bit. Hope you enjoy.
0: I enjoy any sporting event where nations get involved. I find that the most exciting. The Olympics is really my favorite uh, sporting event, although I, I think I have a problem with that silver medal. I think if I was an Olympic athlete, I would rather come in last than win the silver. If you think about it. You know, you win the gold, you feel good. You win the bronze, you think, well, at least I got something. But you win that silver, that's like, congratulations, you almost won. Of all the losers, you came in first of that group. You're the number one loser. No one lost ahead of you. And they don't lose by much. You know, these short races, three hundredths of a second, two hundredths of a second, I don't know how they live with that the rest of their lives, because you've got to tell the story. Everyone wants to hear the story, wow, congratulations. Silver medal. Did you trip? Did you not hear the gun go off? Tell us what happened. It's a hundredth of a second. People say, what was the difference in the margin there? What was it? Well, it was like from now, it was like now to now, now. Now to now, now. Now to now. Now. Now, now. Now, now. That was it. That was it. I trained, I worked out, I exercised my entire life. I never had a date, I never had a drink, I never had a beer. I was doing push-ups since I was a fetus. I flew halfway around the world. Everybody I knew in my whole life was there. The guy shot out the gun, ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of that bit, which you've probably seen if you're a Seinfeld fan, was a, was a visual where he'd do his head sideways and you talk about the finish line how one's here, one's here, one's here, one's here so like right here, household name, right here never heard of you, household name, never heard of you and you're separated by like that far which is true with the 100 meters and some of the swimming races and that sort of stuff speaking of swimmers, we had a gold medal winner uh, last night, Caleb Dressel, and I love this. He was on the stand, if you didn't see this, tearing up with his hand over his heart, standing there for the national anthem. You know, there are some athletes that still hear their nation's anthem and get teared up that they, wearing the red, white, and blue, winning the gold medal, representing their country, feel so fantastic about that, as opposed to kneeling and flipping off the flag and that sort of thing from some of the athletes. Uh, we are going to talk to an outspoken young man, Mike Slater, coming up next.
0: Armstrong and Getty
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show How about that? The overwhelming favorite to win the gold medal in the uh, individual all-around gymnasts gymnastics for women, Simone Biles, quits. Emotionally overwhelmed, quits. And the United States still wins the Sinisa or Sinisa Lee. Um, I didn't see any of it because it happened in the middle of the night. And maybe I'll watch it tomorrow, tonight on um, uh, primetime reruns. But we still won um, the best all around. So very, very cool. I was just reading about the mystery as to why the vaccine has not received a full FDA approval yet and with uh, with that i welcome to the show mike slater we we talked to him yesterday he is heard noon to 3 on uh, am 760 in san diego so some of you might not know who he is but he is one of the most fabulously talented talk radio, and television hosts in America. Mike Slater, welcome to the Armstrong and kind Getty Show. Kind words,
2: sir. Thank you very much. And not but 30 seconds ago, I caught a fly in midair. <laughs> and it's going to be a great day. Congratulations. That's, I think it's the first time I've ever done that. I just nyagied it. Just first, like, th- first time ever. Yeah. Last week was the first time I ever used a pen from start to finish. Isn't that amazing? I used the whole pen. Like without the pen, losing it. Like I was it. using the pen and I ran out of ink. And I know, I, I bought that pen new. And I used it the whole time without losing it. I'm pretty sure I've never done that. So you're just like, you're really getting your act together there. I'm I'm like the women's gymnast. That's, when, like, this is, I'm kidding. My, my life is really on a major upswing exactly. right now. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, when you can keep track of a pen for that length of time, I think everything. I think everything's going to work out fine. Right, I don't know the answer to this question. I will ask, are you vaccinated? Uh,
2: uh, oh, 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 HIPAA violation. Blah. Uh, no. <laughs> no No chance. No how. Not happening. I'm thirty. Six years old, healthy. Um, there's no reason for me to take that risk. Now, I'm sure they're fine for most people. My mom's 72. And I said, Mom, you have to go get vaccinated. So, this is my theory from the whole, this has been my policy the whole time. If you're over the age of 70, you have to go get vaccinated. If you're in your 50s or 60s, man, whatever. If you're 20s and 30s, no. And if you're under 18, if you come anywhere near my child with a vaccine, you're going to be in the hospital. It's like, I think that is such a reasonable. Normal mm-hmm. common sense opinion to have on this whole thing, but everyone has to be like crazy psycho and we have to inject twelve year olds and five year olds with that It makes no sense at all it 's a it 's a cost benefit analysis
1: yeah exactly. I got vaccinated to uh, first opportunity mostly. Because, uh, because I wanted to get rid of my mask and, you know, thinking that I could not wear a mask and well, everything like yeah. that. It had more to do with that than any. I, I don't think I've ever, at any point since this, maybe at the very beginning when we didn't know anything about it. I don't, but uh, since the very beginning, I haven't had much fear actually of getting the disease and having it harm me um, as a, you know, moderately healthy guy just based on the statistics and everything like that. But anyway, as I was working toward this. Uh, I was reading from the dispatch this morning. There's there's a a, a fair amount of wonder as to why the vaccine has not gotten full approval yet from the Food and Drug Administration. It's still uh, operating under the emergency authorization. And uh, they quote somebody from the University of California, San Francisco, Dr. Monica Gandhi. I can't explain it, she said. It doesn't even seem like there's a story that can be written about the reason for the delay because I don't Mm -hmm. think there is any reason for it. So why haven't they been able to give it the full authorization yet? Why is it still emergency?
2: So what's interesting, as soon as they do, it will be total game on with the mandates. The military will mandate it. um, Schools will mandate it. All the states, all the blue states at least, will mandate it. So as soon as they do, everyone's just chomping at the bit, all these progressives, to force you to do it. Um, so hopefully it, you know, we can delay as long as possible. I read that Pfizer was talking about, uh, January at the latest before they get FDA approval. You would think that they
1: would be. Uh, you know, rushing this, you know, you know, I hope it's not just in somebody's you know, in basket, and I'll get to it when I get to it. You, <laughs> well I mean, you'd think you'd move it to the top of the stack and uh, and hurry this along as fast as you could. So that 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 uh, gives me some hesitation as to why they haven't been able to authorize that yet. But yeah, I, I got and- it right away, but I'm not comfortable giving it to my kid.
2: What, wh- why first of all, thank God that this is not a disease that affects kids. Oh yeah. Could you imagine the equation if that was the case? That was the thing that I didn't
1: know. And I think a lot of us learned as we, you know, decided, Hey, let's, let's learn about the Spanish flu of 1918. That thing was more deadly, the healthier you Mm. were. Mm. So the better shape you were in, the more healthy your lungs, the more, more likely it killed you. How freaking scary would that have been?
2: (laughs) So yeah, no, truly praise God that that's not the case, right? We, we know exactly what this is. Um, and and it's the opposite of that um real quick on fda approval it used to be the left who was anti big pharma right that's all we ever heard of big oil big pharma evil fat cats want to keep you sick sell you pills so they can sell you more pills to fix you on the pills they sold right they hated big pharma, and now all of a sudden oh oh big pharma thank you big pharma you're amazing big pharma I don't even trust FDA approval, and I hate to be uh, an anti-vaxxer here on your wonderful show, uh, Jack. Be whatever uh, you want to be. <laughs> um, I was, so on my show the other day, we told the story of Vioxx. Very short of it. 1999, it was this, uh, new pain, pain, uh, medication from Vi- uh, from Merck. And it was great because it was going to be better for gastrointestinal issues. Long story short, uh, the Merck lied on their studies. They uh, hid how many people were dying of heart attacks on it. Uh, the uh, head of the FDA oversight board that was overseeing the drug uh, had, I think, uh, $80,000 in Merck stock. Uh, he was deceitful. They put a paper to the New England Journal of Medicine. The New England Journal of Medicine admitted that they were du- they're hoodwinked. They were hoodwinked by Merck. 20 million people took this medicine. Uh, I forget the number of deaths. Uh, sorry, I forget the number of deaths. A lot of people died. And ultimately, it took five years after FDA approval before the medicine was taken down by Merck. And Merck paid a $5 billion fine. And I'm sure everyone who died saw like 84 cents. Their family yeah. you know, these class action. Right. So it was five years after FDA approval. And just last week, Pfizer took down a uh, drug that they were giving to for smokers to help them quit smoking because that drug caused cancer. So, like, this idea that, like, this would be the first medicine in the history of the world that doesn't have any side effects. Every Cialis commercial, it's 60 seconds. It's 48 seconds of warnings, right? Tylenol has been listed an, and lists That's of warnings. an
1: excellent point. My son, unfortunately, is on so many medications and has been for a long time, mostly for mental, emotional stuff. And um, and we're trying to dial that in. And, yeah, every drug has Pages of side effects, and he has gotten so many side effects mm. from so many of these drugs. I mean, many times where <laughs> the the drug made things worse. The side effects were worse than where we were before. Yeah. And like you said, it th- th- would be uh, how did you end up developing a drug that doesn't have any side effects? That's, that's quite
2: a miracle. None? Now, may- maybe, maybe this is the one. But I also know we share these stories all the time on the show, just because I I don't trust the experts. You know, we're supposed to trust the experts. And it's like mm, <laughs> you guys don't have a great track record. The that was first- my
1: New Year's resolution several years ago. I no longer believed in experts that was my new year's resolution yeah, like almost, 10 years ago
2: it's almost to the point where if, if i hear someone say they're an expert i immediately don't <laughs> like, like I, i'm like on the opposite and, and which maybe isn't super healthy either but um the first polio vaccine if you can just google cutter laboratories it was up in berkeley uh they gave 200,000 of the polio vaccine 200,000 doses to kids 40,000 of them got polio and 10 of them died and they had to pull that right away so listen, we're better, we're more technologically advanced. It's probably safe, but I'm, and I'm 36, I don't need it.
1: Uh, that's true that that part is absolutely true. Uh, now I did get the vaccine, but um, reading this today from uh, you know the person at Berkeley saying, I can't figure out why they haven't given it full approval yet. Maybe the problem is as soon as you go to full approval, then it, it gets treated like every other drug and you have to give us that. Page and a half of side effects by you know that's part of the whole being fully approved thing, oh. and they don't want
2: that. Oh, take me! Oh, take me down this road. I like this. I like this. Okay, so it's that. Okay, how about this one? How about this one? Um, maybe they know more than than
1: they're letting on. They're starting to see some numbers bubble up. <sighs> they're starting to think, hey, we're starting to see you know in uh, Hispanic women, we're starting to see sure. this happen or whatever. Yeah, I could believe it. Well, my my main thing on anything approved by the government. I'm older than you so maybe you didn't uh you didn't grow up with this but I grew up eating margarine. I lived I grew up in Wisconsin, the freaking dairy state, surrounded <laughs> by I had classmates who got up in the morning at 4:30 before school to to milk cows so we could have fresh butter but we still ate margarine at my house because the government told us that real butter was so unhealthy and margarine was more healthy and it turns out Perhaps the worst thing you could put in your body, second only to motor oil, would be margarine. And I grew up on that stuff. And it That's took so them gross. like the 20 years to figure that out.
2: Yeah, how people could fall for that too. Like, instead of using this thing from an animal, we're going to use this from a factory down the street. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. this disgusting factory. Yeah, the experts have a terrible track record. Like, my, my, my go to is always the, the food pyramid. Right. It's like the food. What do you, uh, like the, like the expert said you need to stuff your face full of carbs all day long, non-stop. Like, you need a thousand, uh, servings of carbs every day. And it's like, oh, that's completely wrong. And then you do research on like how, um, all the different industries were involved in the, whatever it was. I, think maybe, I don't know if it was the CDC or whoever making the food pyramid. It's all, it's all corrupt.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh all, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It had, it had more to do with, uh, pushing people toward
1: various products than it did with the health. Yeah. Um. The uh, yeah. The the um. Uh, the the farmer group. Which which one is that? Which which department is that? Uh.
2: Yeah. And that's sad. The there were
1: so people. many. Um. But but this is a funny tweet I res- read yesterday from Tim Carney of the Examiner, who were are fans of. I violated CDC guidelines today by eating leftover chicken I hadn't reheated. Mm-hmm. You see, health authorities will always be single minded and err on the side of caution, and if free people ought to weigh the official guidance against other considerations. And we've talked about this a lot. S- since when is the CDC like uh you know like god telling moses
2: the commandments
1: we've been ignoring the cdc our whole lives the cdc tells me i should exercise 30 minutes a day guess how often i do that
2: (laughs) yeah i don't know when the guidelines as you said turned into like all hail the guidelines feed me more guidelines cdc but the best cdc guideline is don't eat raw cookie dough so every single... <laughs> that's when that's I violate regularly. <laughs> and they say don't eat it. Actually, it's not the salmonella. It's the uh, risk of E. coli from the raw Whatever, flour. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> but I, I, I love that point. It's worth emphasizing. They are always going to err on the side of super, 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 super caution. They say don't have any drinks. So if the CDC says you should never drink alcohol... Do you think the CDC is going to say, hey, everyone, let's open up the bars? Everyone, flood back into the bars. Like, no, they tell you not to drink any alcohol. So We need to stop listening to these clowns. They're they're, like, they're univariate, and we're not. Yeah, they're
1: like lawyers. Their job is to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other topic before uh, before you, you got to go, and we're talking with Mike Slater, on uh, Noon to 3 on AM 760 in San Diego, and you'll hear him. What's your new TV uh, venture? The
2: First, the First TV. It's a good little app. It's on Pluto TV and Roku, Apple TV. Just download The First, and you're on there with O'Reilly during the day and a variety of other people.
1: Yep. Um, what is it going to... Oh, it's the school thing. So I just heard one of your heavyweights in the teacher union saying, and if kids go to school this next year, and I thought, whoa, wait a second. I kind of <laughs> had decided kids were going back to school, so it's still an if for kids going back to school, and I... Um, I know you and I had a conversation about this, so I don't uh, but it wasn't on the air, so I don't want to reveal anything you don't want to reveal. That's up to you. But I know uh, I had my son in, in public school and uh, we were doing the Zoom thing and that was not working. It became clear to me it, t- it took me like three days to figure out this is a joke. Mm. Why it took the media uh, a year, and in some cases they still haven't figured out that that is not learning. It's just kind of like a babysitting thing. Um, I got my son into a private school just so he could be in a classroom, um, and I I had to get him a tutor to keep get him caught up from uh, the time mm. that he was in the in the Zoom thing. And you know, not everybody can do that. And this report that just came out. That kids, lower income kids, which is mostly uh, uh, not mostly, but a lot of uh, kids of color, are way way behind. And so the progressives have punished the group that they seem to care about the most.
2: Uh, uh, and it's, it's just so, awful. Just uh, awful. so many things to say about this. Um, let me let me say this: percent increase of school choice. I saw a recent polls like two days ago. Percent of people increase who, who believe in school choice. Now it went up ten percent, and people are celebrating that. can <laughs> hold on, how could Every single human being, unless you're a teacher's union goon, not be. And if they can shut down schools, if the, the education establishment can say, you know, it's a great idea. Let's have six hours of back to back Zoom meeting for kindergartners. And every single adult isn't against the public schools and for school choice. I'm I don't have a lot of hope that we'll yeah. ever get to the school choice. I, critical yeah, mass. I
1: hear you. I hear you. That That is really troubling. And uh, the the um, lack of participati- participation in school board meetings and pressure on these things was just, it, it was really w- probably the main thing coming out of this pandemic. The, the one takeaway I'll have the rest of my life is I can't mm. believe how much people rolled over and let the government <sighs> shut down their businesses and keep their kids out of schools. And we just said, okay, okay, Mr. Government, I guess we will. Mm, very troubling, and uh, I didn't.
2: I didn't think that's who we were, but I guess that yeah. is who we are. Oh, I hate to say. Now, now, uh, let me let me end with a little bit of hope. Uh, Australia, Canada, England, other British colonies, former. Even worse than us. Even the little bit of pushback that we had still made a big difference compared to what's going on in Australia and Canada still. But not good enough. Wow. I didn't know that. I'll have to look into that. Oh, Australia is way worse. They're still on total crazy lockdown mode and jailing pastors up in Canada. They're way worse than us. Yeah, I had heard that. Yeah. Um, Mike Slater...
1: Uh, find him where you can find him. Well, where Where do you where, the, the, p- pitch something? you were uh, nice enough to come on for twenty minutes. Pitch something.
2: Well, you were nice enough to mention my uh, yesterday. You said pitch something. I said, ah, I'm bad at this. I don't. Uh, you said your book. Your book. uh How to change someone's mind. It's five bucks on Amazon. Short read. One hour. Uh and then my kids book is Imagine Jack and the History Kids and it's super fun little trip through uh, history of America and it's fun for all little kids. That is an awesome book for kids Mike Slater thanks for coming
1: on I really appreciate Oh you're a good man Jack it. really honored thank you brother. Um we have some other stuff that we got to get into some more Olympic results we're still dominating dominating the world. Love to see that our text line is 415 295 KFTC
0: Armstrong and
1: Getty Show. Bass player from ZZ Top died yesterday, so we're going heavy on the ZZ Top. This was a great album. Um, this is really their heyday in the '80s, and uh, I saw ZZ Top around that time. Really fun. I wish Joe was here because the bass player died, and Joe was a bass player, so he could speak more to the uh, the whole. I, I don't know bass playing. Boom, 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 boom. That's all I know from bass playing. I know. I got nothing else to say other than that. Um, oh, and by the way, so we just had Mike Slater on, who I'm a big fan of friends with good dude. And uh, he was hardcore uh, not getting the vaccine. I don't feel that way. I'm I got the vaccine and I'm I'm comfortable with it. Uh, but I'm we're not scared of uh, dissenting opinions here. So don't mind have him coming on and saying he's uh, against the vaccine. So it doesn't bother me um you do what you think is a good idea that's the way i would do things he as a as a healthy guy in his 30s like he said uh in shape healthy guy th- the chance of him having any uh problems with the covid are very very low so he gets to make his own decision so i think it's kind of interesting that simone biles considered the world's greatest female gymnast of all time she quits cuz the pressure is so overwhelming she can't take it anymore and she quits and so the next american in line Sunissa Lee, she, uh, she just a couple hours ago won the gold medal. The women's all around, like one of the biggest awards in all of the Summer Olympics. She's 18 years old and she just stepped up to the plate and said, yeah, I'll do it. And, uh, she, you know, she's not overcome by social media or the pressures or any of that. I think she just jumped around, twirled around, did her thing and won the gold medal. She's from a little town called Little Canada, Minnesota among the first Hmong Americans uh, to ever uh, be on the Olympic team and win a medal, so good for her. Congratulations. Interesting how the whole Simone Biles thing, like everything freaking else, gets sucked into politics somehow, and I'm seeing that uh, the left is claiming that right-wingers are beating up on Simone Biles. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, maybe there's some overlap there, as people on the right tend to be more... Uh, self-reliant, personal responsibility type of people rather than blaming others. So this whole, I can't go on, the people on social media are too mean, too much expectation is uh, kind of uh, fallen flat with, I think, a certain crowd. It, it sounds weird to me for her to say that. I think she's uh, poorly coached to let her spend time staring at her phone and getting sucked into Twitter comments to where she couldn't even compete anymore. And a part of the whole being a top-level athlete is having the mental strength to overcome that sort of thing. So that's part of what it is. And apparently you couldn't handle it. I don't know. I don't see any need to beat her up. But uh, she's not as great as I thought she was. And this new girl is Sinissa Lee. She's my new hero. Fan favorite of the Armstrong and Getty show, Tim Sandifer coming up next. And I'll tell you one of the things I want to talk about. And we'll kind of do a truncated version of it because he has done a long version and he's, and he's written the best on it of anybody in America. And that's the 1619 project and the load of horse crap that that was and continues to be. As if your kids ever get back to school, there's a decent chance they're going to be teaching the 1619 project to your children. And the weird idea that this country was founded on continuing slavery, which is sort of the theme of the 1619 Project. Tim Sandifer has taken that apart uh, in print and um, on the radio a couple of different times. So we'll run through some of the highlights of that, just so you have the ammunition for your friends, or if you show up to a school board meeting when you find out they're teaching it to your kids in school. So Tim Sandifer, Hour 2 on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.